Hi, this is Guy Kawasaki, and you're listening to Learning with Leslie. 888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about internet marketing, online business, blogging, social media, traffic generation, you know, all that WWW stuff that helps you accomplish great things using the internet. This is Leslie Samuel from learningwithleslie.com, and I have another exciting episode for you today. Of course, good content in store. This is episode number 42, and in today's episode, I'm actually answering an email that came in from David Lee Tong uh, from davidleetong.com. And the topic for this episode is how to build an online business that will survive Google's pimp slaps. That's what I like to call them. You know, they call them all kinds of stuff, you know, the panda update this is this was panda 2.5 and i'm going to talk about it because you know a lot of people are affected never affected never i can't speak affected negatively when google makes changes and i want to make sure that we set ourselves up for success all right so here's the deal i got an email from david lee tong his website is davidleetong.com and um it was talking about a, a change that was made and, and the algorithm update that Google makes every so often. And on Friday, they made their most recent change, and it was called Google Panda 2.5. And a lot of people were affected negatively because, you know, they used to rank high in the search engines in Google, and Google changed their algorithm and now they're not ranking as highly, they're not getting as much traffic, they're losing money, losing sales, and their business is basically going down. And I've heard of this happen a number of times in the past. And when David sent me this email, I thought, you know what, this would be a good topic for an episode. Now, you're probably, you're probably expecting another reality series, but we had some... Um, you know, difficulties with it. One of the guests were sick for a while. Um, so she's working now she's back and she can get back to doing what she needs to be doing. So we're, we're going to continue with those next week. One was still working on an ebook. She wanted to get it done before. So next week, we're going to have the next one. So stay tuned for that. And, you know, I like to shake it up a little bit. Keep, you know, doing different things, talking about different topics. So I think that keeps it interesting. Hey, if you have a question, just like Derek, I'm, I keep calling him Derek because I have Derek down in his email. Um, just like David did, you can email me at leslie at learningwithleslie.com. Um, or even better, if you can call into the hotline, that would be great. You can call the hotline and leave your question. I'll play it back on the show just in case you don't know the number. You know, I haven't played the number in a while for you guys. You know, I played at the beginning. I played at the end. But I used to play it more in the middle. Maybe I should just do a full episode just playing that. No, okay, maybe that's that's a little too much. But the number, if you have a question, just call. 
8352414 and leave your question because I, I the reason I'm doing this is to help you so if you have a question go ahead and leave it and I will answer it on the show so let's get to the email that David sent in it says hi Leslie great episode last week with Derek and that's why I keep saying Derek <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, David. Um, I'm curious if you're interested in talking about Google Panda 2.5 update that occurred this week in your upcoming podcast. I published how my sites were affected with the update, and he includes a link. I will link to it in the short notes so you can go over and check to see how David's sites were affected because they definitely were affected. Anyhow, so he published it the other day, and it seems like many other sites took a hit as well without knowing why. I'm moving away from trying to please search engines and move towards more conversions and nurturing readers and subscribers instead. I'd love to hear your opinions or your findings on this. Cheers and keep up the good work. Dave from David Simple Photography at davidleetong.com. Thank you for sending in that email, Dave. Um, <laughs> you know, it's interesting because Google is obviously a big player in this online stuff. Google is the man, you know, and Google does what Google wants to do. Um, but it's, it does it for us. They do it for a specific reason. And I want to kind of go into what Google does and how it works, how, how this whole concept of search engine optimization works so that you can get traffic from the search engines. So I want us to have a good understanding of that. And then I'm going to talk about my opinions and what I think you, we need to be we need to all do to make sure that these things don't affect us as much or at all. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Um, David said that he made a decision to move away from trying to please the search engines and towards more conversions, nurturing readers and subscribers instead. And, you know, to a certain extent, to a large extent, I agree with what, he is, what you're saying, David, that you're trying to do, because I think it's a good idea. However, I wouldn't necessarily say to move away from trying to please the search engines. And we're going to get into some of that. So let's talk a little bit about what Google does. And forgive me, I'm going to just make this as simple as I know how. I'm going to use a, an illustration. It's going to be a very simple illustration. <laughs> it's going to be kind of shallow, but that's okay. I can do that for once in a while. And um, as long as it illustrates the point, and I think it's going to illustrate the point. Um, first of all, Google is a search engine. Google.com. When you go to Google.com, it's a search engine. Of course, Google does everything else also. <laughs> um, but the main thing that Google is known for is its search engine. And how that works is it indexes content that we're creating online. So you, you have a blog and you post to that blog. What Google wants to do is index that content so that it knows what it's relevant to, um, who would want to find that content, and so on. There's one main goal. When people search for something, Google wants them to get the most relevant content. All right? You search, you go to the internet, you search for how to blog. You don't want to find something that shows you how to cook. You want something that shows you how to blog. And that is what Google wants to accomplish. How do they accomplish it? 
Well, they have a very complex algorithm. It's an algorithm that um, many people are trying to figure out. And no one fully understands. These guys are good. They know what they're doing. But there's a simple concept behind the algorithm. And I think if we understand that concept, we'll have a better idea of what we need to be doing. So for my simple illustration, let's say you're a high school boy and your name is Bill. I hope there's no high school boy named Bill listening to this right now. But anyhow, so your name is Bill and you're starting a new school year. And your mission, you know, Bill is saying in his mind, my mission for this new school year is to hang out with all of the attractive girls. The very attractive ones, I want to be hanging out with those girls for whatever reason. That's what I'm going to do this year. I'm going to find out who are the most attractive girls and I'm going to be spending time with them. Okay, so he goes to school on day one and what does he do he goes to certain guys he goes to some of the guys just you know guys hang out with each other and um some guys you trust and others you don't now let's say he goes to the first boy and he the first boy's name is tommy and Tommy tells him, man, have you seen Sarah? Oh, she is so fine. <laughs> but Bill knows in the back of his mind that Tommy does not have good taste. Is he going to trust him? Of course he's not going to trust him. Because he knows that last year, uh, Tommy was hanging out with all these girls talking about how they were so fine. And they really weren't. So he's not going to trust that. So then he goes to Richard. Richard, again, tells him about Sarah. And Richard said, man, have you seen Sarah? Oh, she is so fine. And he knows that Richard's taste isn't that bad. I mean, it's not the best, but it's not that bad. So he's kind of thinking, okay, maybe there is something to this Sarah. Then he goes to the next person. And this next person is Colin. And he goes to Colin and Colin tells him about Sarah. Man, Sarah is so fine. And now, Bill knows that Colin has excellent taste. So when he hears this, what is he going to think? Oh, man, this girl has got to be fine. If all of these guys are telling me it's fine, she's fine, and if, if, if Colin is telling me that she's fine, we know that he has good taste in women or in girls at that age. <laughs> she must be fine. That is the exact concept that Google works on. Google re relies on other sites linking to you and recommending you as good content. Google wants those, when Google sees that a lot of sites are saying, man, that site is so fine that I'm going to link to it, Google starts to say, man, Maybe maybe she maybe, maybe this site is worth linking to. Maybe it is worth indexing so that when someone searches for content that's relevant to it, it's going to come up high in their search engines. Very simple analogy, but that is how it works. The more people that recommend and the more trusted those people are, the more trusted those websites are that are linking to your site, the more Google says, I'm going to give you authority. I'm going to rank you high in the search engines. And, you know, we, we, we're, we're doing good business. I want to hang out with you because you're an attractive girl. You got it? All right, sweet. Now, there's another factor. Let's say when, whenever you hear Sarah's name, 
the person that's talking about Sarah says that there's one word that comes up, and that word is trustworthy. You go to Tommy, trustworthy. That's what he says about Sarah. You go to Richard, trustworthy. You go to Tom or Paul or whoever, and they keep saying trustworthy. What are you going to think? Whenever you think about Sarah, you can associate her with the word trustworthy. And it's the same thing. Let's say one site links to my biology site and it says biology website. And then another one links to my biology site and it says biology website. And all of the sites, or not all of them, but many of the sites that are linking to me and recommending me, basically recommending me to Google, are saying biology website. You know what Google is going to start to say? Man, this must be a biology website. Whenever someone searches for biology website, maybe I should uh, rank this site higher than many of the others that aren't recommended for being a biology website. The same way this every time you hear Sarah, you, you hear trustworthy, it's the same thing. You're going to think Sarah is trustworthy. Google is going to think my website is a biology website. So the anchor text that people use when they are linking to your site, that is also very important because it tells Google what that site thinks that your site is. And when Google takes all of that into consideration, it puts it through this complicated, this complex algorithm and it decides you're going to be number two for biology website. You're going to be number one for interactive biology. That girl, every time I think about her, she's going to be trustworthy in my mind. And that's the simple concept. I hope that wasn't um, I hope that, you know, illustrates the point in terms of how the search engines work. And you know, I want to hear your feedback if you think, "Hey, stop using these stupid analogies." <laughs> Just let me know. Although I don't think that's what you're going to think. Anyhow, so that's the concept. We don't know the exact algorithm, but we have some clues and we know that backlinks are important and we know that anchor text is important. So the so 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 now that we know that let's talk about what what you need to do if you want to have a site that's going to withstand these changes that Google might just decide to make today or tomorrow or whenever first of all i want to reemphasize something that i said earlier about what uh, David said, he said he's moving away from trying to please search engines and he, he, he's moving more towards conversions, nurturing the readers and subscribers. And, you know, I went to his post and there's he kind of expands on it a lot. And this this is this is a direct excerpt from his post. From now on, instead of relying greatly and that's a key word, instead of relying greatly on third-party companies that I have zero control over its policies and algorithms, I'll focus on my site's conversion rate and making sure everything I do for traffic, sales, and opt-ins are a result of my actions, not some other company's influence. Very important things that he's saying in that. Um, now, I don't want to say that you, you, you need to not rely on these third-party companies at all. Google is obviously very powerful, and Google can send you a lot of traffic. But you do not want Google to be the only source of traffic that you have. So let's focus on the five things that I really believe that you need to do. And if you do these things and you do them consistently and you do them well, 
chances are when Google makes changes, they won't affect you as much or at all. Number one, and I'm going to sound like a broken record here, and that's good because I really want to sound like a broken record on this point. It's something that I love to emphasize. Number one, focus on creating high-value content. Anyone can create crap. In fact, there's a lot of crap on the Internet. I'm sure you're well aware of that. But if you have high-value content, good-quality content, whether it's blog posts and text, uh, a podcast like this, or videos like my biology website, or, or whatever medium you choose, or if you choose a combination of these different ways of uh, producing content, make sure it's high value. You know what that does? If I come to your site and I see that it is high value, what am I going to do? Well, yes, I'm going to consume the content, but I'm also going to be sharing it with others. Why? Because I want to share high-value sites with other people because that helps them and it helps them to know that when I recommend something to them, it is high-value. It helps them accomplish their goals. If I know a good site for how to, how to eat healthy and lose weight and keep fit and all that kind of stuff, and I have a friend that comes to me wanting to know about that kind of content, what am I going to do? I am going to recommend it because I know that it's high value. I know that it's going to help them. So if you focus on high value content, number one, people are going to recommend it. And number two, you are, you're also going to be pleasing the search engines because they want high value content. Point number two, and maybe I should, no, no, this is a good place to say that. Um, make sure to search, to optimize your site for the search engines. You know, there are a lot of, I get a lot of emails um, that, and you can tell that they are automated or they just have a template email that someone goes to a bunch of contact forms and send. I'm sure if you have a blog and, you, and, and it's been around for a while, you, you get these emails. Um, but hey, I can do so much for your site and help you with search engine optimization and just reply and let me know that you're interested. And then what they're going to do is they're going to charge you a bunch of money and <laughs> they're going to do some simple things to your site and... Um, Hopefully, well, that's the way a lot of people make money. But search engine optimization, at least the basics, it's not very complicated. If you have a WordPress blog, which most likely you do if you're listening to this podcast, if you don't, I would definitely recommend for you to get a WordPress blog. And if you need some lessons on that, go to my seven-day boot camp. Just come back to learningwithlesley.com and you'll see seven-day boot camp in the sidebar. Sign up for it and it shows you, you know, it's a free program. It teaches you how to set up a WordPress blog. But if you have a WordPress blog, make sure it's optimized for the search engines. In other words, make sure you have a good search engine optimization plugins like all-in-one SEO. Or for, for me, for example, I don't use those plugins anymore because I use WooThemes and that comes with built-in SEO and that takes care of a lot of your search engine optimization and that makes it much easier. Your permalinks, you want to make sure they are set the right way. Once again, go through the bootcamp, seven-day bootcamp, and that shows you how to set up all of that stuff. But you want to make sure that those basic things are taken care of. 
If you're writing good content, you have a good search engine optimization plugin or setup with your WordPress theme. Um, that's as much as I worry about search engine optimization. Um, yes, there's a lot more that you can do. But if you're just a beginner or if you don't have as much time or if, if I try not to focus on it, even though I do focus on it a little bit. <laughs> Make sure you have a good theme. Um, a lot of themes are not optimized for search engines and for uh, your, the load time of the theme. So when you go to a website, it takes long to load. That also affects search engine optimization and so on. But just do the basic things. Get the basic things covered because if you have those covered and you're making good content, you are going to get traffic. My biology website, I do not focus on search engine optimization beyond having my theme, and my theme is, has some SEO features, and I'm getting a decent amount of traffic from the search engines. Uh, just to, uh, let's see. I'm going to go to my biology website, Google Analytics, and I can see, okay, in the last month, I've received um, 29,580 visits. So basically close to 30,000 visits um, from all of my traffic sources. And I can see from the search engines, I've gotten 51.99% of all my traffic come from the search engine. So 15,379 visits in the last 30 days or 31 days, how, how many ever uh, is in the month that it calculates. Um, and that's just basically from, number one, having a good, uh, WordPress theme, elegant themes or woo themes, those are the ones that I use, elegant themes on my biology site. But by having that, I have the, the main things that I need for search engine optimization. Yes, I can do better, but I don't really care to spend a bunch of time figuring all of that out. Um, so it works for me, and that, that's what I recommend. So number one, focus on high-value content. Number two, Make sure you, you have the basic SEO done on your site and some other things you can do there. I, I, I have another episode that deals with some search engine optimization um, tips, and I'll link to that from this post. Number three, make sure your content is easily shareable. What do I mean by that? When someone comes to your site, if you have a WordPress blog and they're at your site, make sure there's an easy way for them to tweet it for them to share it on Facebook, for them to uh, plus one it on Google+. Plus. Um, make sure those things are there so that you can also utilize social media, social networking, um, and you can get some traffic from those social networking sites. Obviously, Facebook is huge. Huge. Twitter is huge. Not as huge, but it's still huge. Google+, Plus is growing. These things are all sources of traffic. And you want to take advantage of that and make sure you have those features installed. And there are a number of plugins that you can install that allow you to do that easily. For example, the Dig Dig plugin. That's one that I use on one of my sites at least. And um, there, there, there are just a number of them. I'm, I'll link to, to a few from in the show notes so you can check them out at the blog. Point number one, high-value content. Point number two, basic SEO. Make sure it is done. Don't neglect it. Don't say, you know what, forget about Google. If Google is going to send you some traffic, make sure you're optimized to get it. Number three, make your content easily shareable. Number four, engage in social media.
What do I mean? I mean spend some time on Facebook. Spend some time on Twitter. Nurture relationships with people. Um, you, you have subscribers. Nurture relationships with your subscribers on these networks. Do not get me wrong. I am not recommending for you to spend all day on Facebook, all day on Twitter, because I know that it can get addicting. But that's not what you want to do. You want to leverage those channels for getting more traffic. You want to build community around your blog using these sites. How do you do that? If Facebook is what you're using, have a Facebook fan page. Um, share content on that Facebook fan page. Interact with your followers on that Facebook fan page. That's, that's very powerful. You're going where people are, and over 800 million people are on Facebook. And that number is probably outdated by now. Um, people are on Facebook. So if that's where the people are, you want to be there too. Twitter. People are obviously on Twitter too. And Twitter is a great place for connecting with people, letting people know when you have new content on your blog, and that can be another source of traffic. Twitter is not something that I was using a lot of, and I'm starting to use more of it now, and I'm starting to enjoy it a little too much. <laughs> uh, there's some, the, 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 you know, there's some cool things that you can do on Twitter, and you can connect with people. Some of the interviews that I schedule is just basically connecting with people on Twitter, and that's powerful. So you want to use social media, and you want to engage with people on those channels. Do not overdo it. Don't spend so much time on there that you're not doing the main things that you need to do, like content generation and, you know, all that good stuff. So point number one, high-value content. Number two, SEO for your site. Make sure the basics are covered. Number three, make your content easily shareable. Number four, engage in social media. And number five, this has been the biggest source of traffic for me, the bi biggest source of anything for me online. Network with others. Network with others, especially others in your niche. You want to connect with people. You want to nurture relationships with other bloggers, people that are doing big things. Connect with them. With Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and all these sites, it becomes much easier to get access to people that you would not normally have access to. And you want to do that. How do you do that? Maybe you can do some guest posts. That is very effective. Maybe you can interview someone. It doesn't have to be an audio interview. You may just email them some questions and have them respond with their answers, and that can be a post. What does that do? It helps you to make a connection that you, you did not have before. And in many cases, you can leverage, leverage those connections. Now, I'm not saying you know get, make those connections just so that you can leverage it. No, you learn by connecting with others. Blogs don't exist in isolation. People don't exist in isolation. And you want to be connecting with others. Another example is by doing joint venture partnerships where um, both of you are working on a project together and you're launching it together. Or they might promote your product you might promote their product. You know, there's so many things that you can do if you're networking with others that are doing things that are similar to you. Not only that, but if you're able to network with people that are doing more than you, you get to learn from those people that are doing more than you. I've always said, if you want to be successful, follow successful people. 
And that's a very important point. If there's certain things that you want to accomplish, look at people that are accomplishing those things and follow what they're doing. Try to connect with them. Try to learn from them. Try to share, you know, experiences with them and 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 just get to know them better because you never know what can come out of those relationships so tip number one focus on high value content number two make sure to to have the basic seo taken care of number three make your content easily shareable number four engage in social media number five network with others now i was just going to give five tips but i want to i want to throw in a bonus tip here um bonus tip number five uh number this tip number six this is something that i am now realizing the benefit of not realizing because i always know that it was um, very powerful but i'm seeing it now firsthand bonus tip develop your own high value products your own high value products and i know what some of you are thinking oh i don't know how to make a product i i've never done it before hey it's okay you will learn you will learn how to make content you will learn how to make your blog post or make a little video or uh, do a podcast you will learn how to write an ebook if you want to learn how to write an ebook you will learn how to put together a video course a video training course Right now, I'm working on the biggest video training course I've, I've ever imagined that I'd be working on, F- 68 videos in total, um, and I'm doing it in partnership with Gideon Shalwick and Yaro Starak, and you know, there's so much happening as a result of that. Um, but when you develop your own products, you get much more leverage. One of the most powerful things you can do when you're developing your own products is you can start your own affiliate program and then get others to promote it for you. So you have, eventually, if you're doing it the right way, you can have an affiliate army out there promoting your stuff for you. So at that point, it does not matter if if Google is sending you traffic. If you have 100 people um, sending you a bunch of traffic every day, that's a ton of traffic, whether Google is around or not. <laughs> uh, so, so you know, that's, of course, that takes more work than um, many of the other, uh, all the other things that I've said. But at least by saying this, you have some kind of a goal in your mind thinking, you know, eventually, this is what I want to do. Eventually, this is what, where I want to be. And, and, and that's really what you want to do. You want to set those goals and, and, and start moving in those directions. Because if you don't have a goal, you will always reach your goal because you have no goal. So you're always going to reach nowhere. <laughs> um, so, yeah, those, those are the tips that I want to share. The main concept is this. You, you, you don't want to be dependent. Just like, just like David said, He's taking his focus away from, you know, just getting these third-party companies to bring bring traffic that you have no control of. But if you spread out those third-party companies, if you're getting traffic from Google, you're getting traffic from YouTube, you're getting traffic from Facebook and Twitter and uh, and the, the, the hundreds of people that are linking to you, the, your traffic sources are so diverse that if one goes bad, it doesn't matter. Because your traffic sources are diversified. Diversification is where it all 
is what it all comes down to. So I'm going to go back to my stats. And I can see 51%, 51.99% is from search engines. 19.96% um, is from referral traffic. So different websites just linking to my site and people coming. And I've had 5,905 visits from referral traffic. 7,757 visits, just direct traffic. So people just typing in the URL. And, you know, that's that's significant. Because also a lot of that direct traffic comes really from being referred from like YouTube and so on. Because someone might watch a YouTube video and at the end I say visit interactivebiology.com, interactive-biology.com, and you get more videos. What are they going to do? Type in the URL and come to that site. So a significant amount of my traffic is coming from different places. There's still a lot coming from search engine, but my goal is to diversify it even more so that, yes, I'm getting a lot of traffic from Google, but I'm also getting a lot of traffic from getting backlinks from others. And that's another thing that I didn't talk a lot about, but I kind of did because if you're creating high-value content, people are going to link to you, like I said before. I'm going to reemphasize the points again. Point number one, focus on creating high-value content. Point number two, make sure you have the basic search engine optimization taken care of. Install a plugin, have a premium theme that deals with SEO. Point number three, make your content easily shareable. Point number four, engage in social media. Point number five, network with others. And the bonus tip, develop your own high-value products. Hey, before I sign off, um, I want to invite you to do something for me. Um, and I know a number of people have done this and let me know, and it hasn't shown up. But what I want to invite you to do, if you appreciate what I'm doing on this podcast, if you're getting high value from it, if you think that this is something that people should be listening to, I want to invite you to head on over to the iTunes store and leave a rating, preferably five stars, you know, if you really like it. <laughs> Hopefully you really like it. Um, but head on over to leslieonitunes.com. Now, when you go to that website, it's going to redirect you to the podcast page on iTunes. And then you can click on view in iTunes and you can leave a rating. You can leave a review and let people know what you think about this podcast. Because what that does is it, it, it gives me more exposure, to be quite honest. You know, when, when you guys say that this is great, when people come to the, the iTunes store and they see it and everyone is saying, man, this is a great podcast, they're going to think, man, maybe this is a great podcast. This, the same way Google works. <laughs> if they get a lot of recommendations, they think, man, I need to check this out. So head on over there and leave a rating if you appreciate everything here, if you think that you're getting a lot of value. But, you know, that's pretty much it for this episode. I really hope you got some value in this. So should I stay away from Google when they do these, uh, when they, they pimp slap us? <laughs> no, you shouldn't. But you definitely should diversify. Make sure you have high-value content. I have never been affected by one of these updates. And I believe why that happens, that hasn't happened, is because... I really try to put good content out there. Now, there are some good content sites that have also been affected. Um, so in case 
you want to make sure, in case that were to happen, you want to make sure you're covering all bases. Hey, that's it for this episode. As usual, I want to invite you to come back to the blog. Don't just listen, take action. Come over to the blog at learningwithlesley.com. Leave your comments, your feedback. You can call in the hotline. I will play the number at the end. All of the links that I mentioned, of course, I'm going to have them in the show notes so you can check them out there. But I think that's a wrap for this episode. I enjoyed it. I hope you did too. I hope you got some value from it. I hope it was high-value content. (laughs) Um, But until next time, on Thursday, we're going to have an interview with Guy Kawasaki, and that's going to be some good content. So until next time, take care and God bless.